see you all. I know when you walked up, you saw all the fun little toys out there. So make sure you take some photo ops today and enjoy some of the treats. And we're just so glad you're here. If you're a first-time guest of Faith Builders, we want to say welcome to you. We're so glad you're here. And if you don't have a church home, we'd like to say... Welcome home. We're a church that will love you back to life, and we're so glad you're here today. Well, I'm on part two of my series, Can You Hear Me Now? And I'm talking about hearing the voice of God. And if you missed last Sunday's message, I really encourage you to jump online and listen to the first one because it's really the foundation of this teaching and, and where we're going. And last week was talking about allowing the Word of God to illuminate what's on the inside of us. And so that's the, the first foundation. But today, I'm going to get into point two, and we're going to talk about um, the life of faith in hearing the voice of God. And number two point is unbelief hinders hearing God. So when we want to hear God for the miracles of our life, when we, how many ever have a, a breakthrough or a miracle you need, but you can't hear God? You're not quite sure how to get there. You're not quite sure of the plan. And what happens sometimes, if we're in unbelief, we can't connect to faith to really allow the miracles of God to manifest in our life. So what do we do when we have unbelief? And this is where I'm going to be talking about today. We have to step into faith. Everybody say faith. You were created and designed to walk by faith, not by what you see, not by what you feel. But when you hear the voice of God and you hear what God's plan is, you can connect your faith to what God is saying and not what you're seeing. It's so important, isn't it? So we are called as believers to live by faith. Many of the scripture verses I'm going to open up and share with you this morning, every one of them in these series is talking about the just live by faith. And, and when we are in faith, miracles happen. When we are in faith, there are breakthroughs. When we are in faith, promotion happens. But we have to be in faith and not in our own emotions in order for this to happen. So we're going to talk about that this morning. How do we get from this place of needing this miracle and hearing God, and yet we're not quite there yet? I'm so glad you asked. So number one, we'll talk about this morning, is you have to have a vision. You have to have a vision of where God is taking you. You can't just have a desire. Your desires will not get you the breakthrough. They are the will of God, but it is your faith and the vision that you see God doing is what connects your faith to. If you can't see where you're going, you can't get faith connected and you'll never receive the blessing. You can have all the desires you want. You can wish things were different. But if you don't see where you want to go, God can never take you there. So what do we have to do? I have to have a vision for my life. Where do you want to be? What do you want from God? If you have a company, what do you want from your company? If you're married, what do you want your marriage to look like? Your children, your spiritual walk with God. You have to have a vision of where God wants to take you because what will happen is your 24-7 will take over every time. How many has ever lived Monday to Monday and you're like, is it Monday already again? And we live this whole seven days and we never created an atmosphere of faith. We never created an atmosphere for the miracles to be cultivated. And then what happens? We get frustrated because something hasn't changed in our life. We get frustrated because the thing we were believing God for doesn't happen, and we think God isn't on our side. We think we've done something wrong, and God's like, no, I have everything for you, but do you see what I have for you? 
You have to see. I've, I've told you guys, you know me as your pastor, I, I believe in journaling. And every, you know, first of the year we do 21 days. And what do I tell you every time? Get your journal out and write down what you want to see in your life. So let's start here this morning in Habakkuk 2, verse 4. And I want to break down some scripture verses there for you. I think I lost a sticker here. I put my stickers in so I can move faster for you guys. Okay, there it is. It was bent over. Okay, Habakkuk. Let's look at this really quick. Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 1. This whole chapter is the just live by faith. When you are in Christ, you are designed to walk by faith. You are designed to walk into the supernatural. So verse 1 says this. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Do you know that God wants to speak to you in your life? God wants to speak to the things that you're troubled about, that you're overwhelmed about. And listen to this. God wants to answer your questions. You may have questions about God. You may have questions about faith. You may have been coming to this church for a little while, but you still have things that you want God to answer. You have to posture your place yourself like they're saying here, and I'm watching to see, God, what will you say? That means I'm waking up tomorrow and I'm going, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. I'm not getting up tomorrow troubled. I'm not going to get up tomorrow overwhelmed. I'm not going to get up and, and talk to everybody else about it. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and say, Lord, give me ears to hear what your spirit has to say. I'm waiting, God, what do you want to say over my life, amen? Because what God speaks to you will be a revelation that you can run with and not what somebody else tells you. Amen. I gave a lot of good words this morning, and we've all given a lot of good words, but it is the word that you get from God. It is when you hear the voice of God that it can never be taken from you. Because you can be like, oh, she missed it. That was so kind and nice, but she probably says that to everybody. But when it's your word... When you're standing in a posture to hear really, what is your plan for my life, God? What is my purpose here on earth? Why am I struggling? God is at the ready to speak to you, but we have to be positioned to hear him. Amen? So let's go on. And I set myself on the rampart, watch to see what he will say, and what I will answer when I'm corrected. So what does the word of God do? What does this relationship with God do? Sometimes God will speak correction to us. Sometimes God will speak instruction, right? Sometimes God will challenge us. Sometimes God will say really good things. He'll say, yes, that's my will. Yes, go here. And sometimes he'll say no. But we have to be ready to be obedient to whatever the Lord is saying in our life. Something I said this morning, and I felt it as I was studying, uh, even at my desk this morning before I came to church, is I'm talking about hearing the voice of God. And sometimes we think there's going to be this loud, yes, this is God. And I've learned in my walk with God that the loudest voice of God is the quietest. It's the still small voice on the inside of us that we know we could just be driving down the road and it's like the angel comes by and plops something right in your spirit. And you're like, ooh, but you know what? That still small voice, if we don't listen to it, we can walk away and ignore it. It could be something God's challenging us with. It could be something he's convicting us, something that he's asking us to go do or to go love on something or whatever it is. But it's a still small voice. And we have to wade through everything else and go, I'm going to listen to that small voice because that small voice is going to be the most impacting decision in my life. 
It's that voice of God that really gets us when he needs to maneuver us when we've gotten off the path, wrong decisions or troubling situations. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. But it's always going to be this quiet voice. And we have to learn to discern it, listen to it, and obey it. Amen? Because that's what God would want. So let's go to verse 2, and I'm going to break this down for you. And then the Lord answered me. So when you say, Lord, I need this, or Lord, I question this, or why hasn't this happened, do you know it's okay to question God? It's okay to ask him why, because you don't know the answer. So why should we wander around wondering what's going on and why isn't this happening? And we're getting mad and we're getting frustrated and we want to quit. No, Lord, give me ears to hear. Why is this not working in my life? Why isn't there a breakthrough yet? Why am I frustrated? And then you wait for God to speak. And he will speak to you exactly what you need to hear. So it says, then the Lord answered me. And what did he say? Write the vision. You have to have a vision. And he said, he gave us instructions, write. See, this just isn't Pastor Barb telling you to get a cute journal. God is saying, write it down. That word write means this. It means to document in written form on some type of material. Whether it's a posty note, whether it's a piece of paper or a notebook, you need to go home today. As a couple, what do you want your family to look like? If you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. If you don't know what you're aiming for, you will miss the mark every time. We can live a 365-day year and end up right where we're at, in the same stuff we're going through, in the same frustration, in the same marriage or whatever it is, because we're not writing down where I want to go. Amen? You have to make it clear. Write it down. Write the vision down. It means it's clear I can see where I want to go. Now, there's obstacles all along the way, isn't there? There's a lot of things the enemy's going to throw in my way. There's a lot of things people may throw in my way. But I can see right over that mess because I see what God sees. I have a vision for where I'm going to go, and I'm not going to be deterred by anything else in the natural because I'm getting over to the other side this year. I'm not going to end up in 2022 in the same way that I've been for the last five years. I'm stepping into my new day. I'm stepping into new beginnings. I'm stepping into who God called me to be. Why? Because I can see who Barb is in the future. I may not like some things now, but I'm going to do what God says and I'm going to write it down. I'm going to make it clear what God wants for me. And that word vision means this. Write the vision down. It means dream. God wants you to dream. And what's so awesome about God, he says, you dream as big as you want, but guess what? I'm always going to do more than what you even dreamed about. We have such a limited, we're like, God, I like this. You know, like pay off this debt. And God's like, really? I'll pay that off and give you money to launch a company. If you only knew that I'm God, if you get a revelation of a vision that all you got to do is ask me, all you got to do is step into faith according to my word, and I will work miracles that will blow your mind. But we get customary to working in the flesh. We get customary with doing things, you know, with our hands and, and with our emotions. And God says, that's not what I'm doing in this season. If you will get into faith and you will trust me, write down what you want from me. Make it clear for you. Because there may be other people in your world who don't agree with where you're going. There may be other people in your world that think you're crazy for believing God, what you're believing God for. But it don't matter. I'm to write the vision down for me to see it so I can run for it. Amen? So I'm going to write down my dreams. I'm going to write down, listen to this, the oracles of God. 
I'm going to write down the prophetic. Do you know that daily God wants to speak his prophetic word over your life? And he probably is, but we're just missing it because we're not taking the word and writing it down and breathing life over it. I, my, when my mom and dad were here, my mom, I'll tell you a really cool story. I'll be a little real with you guys. I was sitting down there when my parents were preaching, and I don't even think they know this story yet, but um, they were, my mom or my dad was preaching second service, and, you know, I was just talking to the Lord, and I just started asking God some questions. I put them in my, my note. I wrote it down, and I just said, God, this, and I asked him, and what about this? And I just, you know, I was troubled about some things, and I just put them in my notebook, and I put my phone down, and I'm like, now I can focus on the word of God. And no joke, at the end of that service, my mom stepped out and she said, you know, honey, this is hard to do, but here's a word from God. I am not kidding you. Everything she spoke was everything I wrote in my phone. Everything. Because God knows it mattered. It wasn't enough to just have it in here. I wrote it down. I'm like, God, this is some things I need some answers to. These are some things that I want to hear from you. Why am I not hearing this? And God's like, oh, you wrote it down. You know where you're going. Your faith got there. Guess what? I'm going to show you now that I am here. It takes our faith, but we have to write down where we want to go. Amen. It's not a magic potion, but it's just it's a vision of this is what God's saying. There's times even in, at night, I'm a prophetic dreamer. I dream a lot. And so I keep my phone nearby, and if I have a dream and I wake up and I'm like, oh, that was, wow, that was a really good dream. I take my phone and I voice text it to myself because I want to hear that word. What is God trying to speak to me through this dream? Is God trying to show me something? Is God trying to direct me? And many times I'll have prophetic, prophetic dreams for other people. So I write it down. Why? So I don't forget. Because then I can take that word that God, God is speaking to me, and I can put it into action, whether in my own life or whether into someone else's life. Why would we not take God Almighty's word for our life and not put it into action? When God knows exactly where he's taking us. God knows exactly what he's doing in our life. And he'll speak to us what we're supposed to respond and obey to. Not other people. God in your life. We are accountable to that voice. Amen. So write the vision down. Let's keep going. Habakkuk. Write the vision down, make it plain on tablets that he who runs may read it. See, you have to see it so you can run after it. That who? You can run after it. God wants you to chase what your desires are in this season. But it goes on to say, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. And this is where people get discouraged because you'll get a vision, you'll get a word from God, you put it before you, and what happens? We get discouraged because it doesn't happen in our time frame. It get, get, we get discouraged because maybe it doesn't happen exactly the way that we think it should happen. But God is saying, don't worry about the time frame. Don't grow weary while doing good. Stay faithful. Stay in faith, trusting God that when all hell is breaking loose, there is a miracle about to be released in your life because you're looking at faith, you're looking at what God says, and I'm not going to look to what the circumstance looks like. You know, when they're running a horse, sometimes they put those blinders on it so, so it can't see distractions. It has to run the race to win. We sometimes need to put those blinders on. I'm not going to look to my circumstance. I'm not going to look to the way things look, but I'm going to look unto Jesus. He is the author, and he is the finisher of my faith. And I have said this week after week, when all hell is breaking loose, you need to praise God because you are hovering over the breakthrough. 
If you weren't hovering over something great, the devil wouldn't mind your business. But when you are about to step into something that you have been believing God for a long time, the devil will derail you and get you as quickly out of the will of God as he can so you can lose your faith and trust in God. And the power that the church has is the word of God. The power we have is what we're believing God for. And if we're Christians that aren't walking through with victory in areas of our life, we weaken our faith and we lose our power and we can't win the world for Jesus. How can I share breakthrough with someone else if I'm not even getting my own breakthrough with Jesus? It's time for us to have the breakthrough. It's time for the church to have the miracles, amen. It's time for us to walk into what God said he designed for us. But it's going to cause us to get out of the flesh, into the spirit, and see what God sees. Amen. Because it's an appointed time. Listen, you have an appointment with God on this journey. You are on a journey, and someone's going to cause you to meet the right person at the right time. As long as you're following Jesus, you're going to find someone who's going to fund the will of God for what you want the funding for. I'm not looking for the funding. I'm following Jesus. I'm following the plan. And God's going to cause someone to be at the right place at the right time for the assignment of God in my life. That means that I'm enjoying. That means I'm happy. I can praise God. I can serve God because I am in faith, trusting that God's going to work all things together for my good according to the will of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that exciting as a believer? All I have to do is follow Jesus, and God takes care of everything else. But if you're trying to follow your agenda and not God, you will lose your way every time. And we've all done that, haven't we? We've all wore ourselves out trying to fix things instead of just looking towards the vision and let God fix things in our life. Okay, it goes on to say, but at the end, right, for the vision is yet for a point in time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. God will not leave you hanging when you're trusting him by faith. And it may be scary, and you may be trusting him big time, and it may be a pretty big, big a breakthrough that you're believing God for. But the word of God cannot lie. And at the end, it will speak to everyone else around you. All the naysayers, all the people who didn't think it could happen, all the people that didn't trust God, God will make sure he gets the glory in your life when you have got your vision in your eyes set on Jesus. Right? It has to speak. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. When you've got the word of God, life is happening around you. When you're in the word of God, the waters are stirring. I talked about this in first service. When you are in faith, the waters of faith are stirring. Your home is stirring. Your marriage is stirring. Things are happening. God moves in motion. But when we aren't in faith, we grow stagnant. Stagnant waters get stinky. Stagnant waters, everything in it dies. It needs the bubbling of that living, fresh water. When you get back into faith, everything that's been stagnant, everything you've been frustrated are when, uh, with, when you're looking to Jesus, God will let that wellspring of life. Joy is going to come back to you. Hope's going to come back to you. Come on, somebody. God's going to begin to renew your love for him, renew your love for the kingdom, renew your love for God's people. That's what happens when we get back into faith. Thank you, Jesus. Though it tarries, but at the end it will speak. Though it tarries, that means it's on delay. That means it's, it's not happening yet. How many have ever been in this place and we get frustrated when it tarries? 
and we want it now, and we think we need it now. But God says, even though it tarries, wait for it. Wait for it. Don't go backwards. Don't go to the left or the right. Wait right where you're at. Let your feet be grounded and let the good fight of faith happen right now. Don't let the enemy discourage you. That word wait, I thought this was interesting, means surprise attack. And I kind of like this because it's like when you're in faith, you're covered by God. It's like the enemy can't see you because you're covered by the word of God. So you're like hiding. And when the will of God comes, it's a surprise attack. You're like, Rah! and you can jump right on the will of God. And you can take that thing that the devil was trying to hide from you. You can take that thing that the devil was trying to steal from you. Why? Because I'm hiding in faith, but I'm waiting. That word waiting means this also. It means I'm not sitting back frustrated. I'm not discouraged. I'm not angry. I'm not kicking a can. I'm not overwhelmed. No, I'm waiting. I'm in joy. I'm in peace. And I'm going, when's it coming, Jesus? Because as soon as it comes around the corner, I'm going to rejoice and be glad. And I'm going to see what you're doing in my life. And I'm not going to miss it. When the prodigal son was coming home, what was the father doing? He was found on the porch looking. He was waiting for his son to come home. Look for your prodigal. Look for that thing that you thought is lost and broken and never going to happen. Look for it. Because I'm telling you, God wants to meet you at your faith. Amen. But we've got to have a vision for where God is taking us. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. It will surely come. But you can't give up. you got to hang on. All right. Let's look at number two. Let's go to Romans 1. Romans 1, verse uh, 16, and it says this. Another, if you look in your Bible, Romans 16, this is talking about the just live by faith. What do the just live by? Faith. We as Christ followers live by faith, not what we see or feel, but what the word of God says. It says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Because it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. There is a power that comes in the gospel of salvation. You cannot be ashamed of the word of God. You cannot be ashamed when you take the word of God and you step out in faith to believe God for something. And you're wondering, how is it ever going to happen, God? I don't even want to tell anybody. I'm afraid it won't even work. No, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. It saves me from everything. The word of God will save me from a broken marriage. The word of God will save me from drug and alcohol addiction. The word of God will save me from pornography. It's not just eternal salvation. It is salvation. It is the newness of God. It is the power of God. The word of God, this power that we have in our life. Amen. It is the word of God. It is the power unto salvation. Now listen. Let's see if there's anything I wanted to say there really quick. No, I think I'm okay. Okay. Verse 17. For in it. You know verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God. In what? For in it the gospel, right? In the gospel is the righteousness of God the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Now, let me read this to you about faith this morning. If you came to Jesus at some point in your life, you met faith at the crossroads. And coming to Jesus is not the wide gate. The world would make 
coming to Jesus a wide gate. Some Christianity would make coming to Jesus a wide gate. But scripture says narrow is the way that leads to life. Coming to Jesus is not always easy. Coming to Jesus makes a sacrifice. It's a tight squeeze sometimes. There's things Jesus wants you to let go when you come to him. There's some things he wants to shave off of you. But when you came to Jesus, you stepped into a moment of faith in the narrow way, and you said yes to Jesus. That was faith. And in one moment, you were outside. You were an unbeliever. You were lost in your way. You had no hope. And you came to your crossroad of the narrow way. And you stepped inside to the faith of Jesus Christ. You activated that righteousness of God in your life. So as a believer, I don't move outside of here. You don't move by your emotions. you got to get back into that narrow way. you got to get back to where the righteousness of God is in your life, where faith is, and you begin to see what God sees when you're in faith. But you will not see God outside here. You will not see God trying to figure it out in your own flesh. You will only see it through the word of God. Amen? And when you step out in faith, you don't put your faith in man. You don't put your faith in me. Please don't do that. I will fail you all the time. You don't put your faith in organizations. Organizations have messes, don't they? There's no perfect church in the world. You can try to find it. You ain't going to find it. Because I don't, I don't put my faith out here, so I'm not disappointed when it happens. I put my faith in God who will never disappoint me. I put my faith in his word that will never let me down. I put my faith in the word that is living and working on my behalf. So no matter what it looks like, I'm still activated in faith. And you can't steal my joy. You can't steal my peace. I can feel a little emotions in a certain way, but I've got my vision written and I know where I'm going. Lord's been dealing with me and I've been kind of like, you know that still small voice I was talking to you about? And God's really calling me um, to fasting and prayer. And I told the pastors and elders, I'm kicking like a wild donkey. I don't want to do it. But there's this still small voice in me that's saying, I'm asking you for this. And I can be out here and go, oh, no, God, I'll just, you know, I've got faith out there. I know you'll work what I'm believing God for. And God's calling me. No, get to the narrow gate. Get to the place where you're going to sacrifice. Give of your prayer time. Give of your worship time. Go without a little food. It ain't going to hurt me, I'm pretty sure. I'm just saying, right? You have to do things in the narrow gate that our flesh doesn't want. But God, the Holy Spirit is calling you ears to hear. I've got a vision of what I want, right? And now I need the Holy Spirit to be with me in obedience so I can do what God's called me to do. Why? Because I want to get where God wants me to go. And in fasting, I know I can crucify this flesh. and I'm going to walk and pray in this sanctuary. I see this church and I always have. And yes, we went through a hiccup of COVID, but so did every church, just so you know. And I see this church packed. And I see a second service packed. And I see needing a new facility. This isn't where we are. I have a vision. God's given me a vision. He showed me this legacy church is going to be a church of influence in this city. And it's going to be moved by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And guess what? It doesn't matter what things look like. I know what God said. I know what God showed me. And guess what? We're going there, everybody. But in order to get there, you got to obey. Amen? you got to listen to that voice that will lead and guide you. So faith, what? Faith doesn't sit still. This is what I was talking about, the stagnant waters. Faith is always moving. If we are 
and apathy or apathetic and, and we've gotten lazadaisical and we're comfortable and we're passively just, oh, God, whatever you want. God, let your will be done. Oh, Lord, let's touch this city. Oh, Jesus, bring the loss in north, south, east, and west. That's passivity. That's, that's no moving faith. No, I'm going to step into the word of God. I'm going to step in. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. I'm going to put it into action. I'm going to walk and pray and decree what God says over this church. Not passively reside. We've got to get excited about the things of God again. We've got to get excited for the word of God again. We've got to get excited for worship again. Amen. God needs to wake the church up. And I've been saying this for a long time. And I tell you what, I got a little validation this morning because I was listening to a preacher online. Rich Wilkerson Jr. was on visiting somewhere. And he preached everything I'm preaching. I'm like, praise the Lord. I am right on target with what God is saying over the church of Jesus today. It's time for signs, wonders, and miracles. It's time for the church to go back to her first love again. First love to the word, the simple things of the gospel. Loving each other, amen. Loving the word. Faith acts. And what does faith do? Faith actively goes to Christ and embraces him. It's time for us to get with Jesus, isn't it? It's time for us to get one-on-one -on -one with the Father. Hear what he has to say. What is he speaking over our life? So let's, let's continue. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. That revealing is this. It is to make known by a divine spiritual means. We need God to open up the supernatural, reveal to us the will of God. Reveal to us what is God saying in this season, amen? We need that move of God. When that word says, the, for, in this, for in it, the righteousness, the word righteousness there means this. It means perfect conformity to the revealed will of God. When you are leaning on the word of God, which it talks about, the gospel, right? The gospel, that's what the first scripture was. In the gospel is the righteousness of God. That righteousness is the perfect revealed will of God. When you get in the perfect revealed will of God, what does it do? It takes me from faith to faith. What takes you from faith to faith? The perfect will of God. What shows you the perfect will of God? The gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God is what's going to lead you into all truth. The word of God. Not the word I give you, but the word God gives you. We'll get to that in just a minute. All right. Is there anything else? From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So number one, you got to get a vision. Number two, you have to say, Lord, reveal to me. Give me revelation of what you're showing in my life. And number three, let's open up to uh, Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. And it says this. Verses 1. Now. Everybody say now. Now faith is. Not yesterday, but right now. When do you need the miracle? Right now. When do you have the breakthrough? Right now. Now faith is. The substance of things Hoped for the evidence of the things I don't see yet. So right now in what I'm going through, my world, my circumstances, my brokenness, shame, whatever it is, even in all of that, right now my faith is the substance of the thing I'm hoping for. The things that what? I've got my vision for. The things that God has revealed to me. I need the substance of that. 
So what does substance mean? If it's the evidence of the things I don't see, what does substance mean? So I looked it up. Do you want to know? Okay. It means this. This is so powerful. Okay, now faith is the substance. That word substance means this. It means to stand under, right, to stand under something. But it also means this, the title deed. Now let me read to you what a title deed is because I think it's so powerful the way reading that, what the word of God is. A title deed is this. When you purchase a property, documents are prepared to transfer the property into your name. Faith is the title deed that I need to go from the things that I don't see to the things I want to see. But it's the word, the title deed, that was written in my name. So listen, my revelation cannot get you to your victory. Even my word today is awesome and it will provoke you. But this is my title deed. This has my name. This is my property. I own it. I can share with you my vision. But what you have to do is receive the title deed as yours. It goes on to say that it is the legal document that is evident that I own the property. As Christians, you've got to walk in the authority of the word of God. This word is not for anybody else but for you. It's your title deed. But you can't go visit every other neighbor's house and think you have ownership. And then go home and all sad because you don't have what you're believing God for and they have it. But you're just visiting their house. And God's like, uh-uh, I gave you the title deed. You have to take it and you have to own the word of God as if it is your own title deed. That means when you speak the word over your marriage, you have a right to that. So when you have an ownership of something, you say, devil, get behind me. Devil, you are under my feet. I own the property of the word of God. I have the authority of the word of God. And no weapon formed against me can prosper. I may not feel like I own it. I may, it may not look like I own it, but I still own it. And you can pull out the title deed any time that you need it. But we as Christians, we get discouraged and we get defeated and we quit and give up. And you don't realize you have the title deed. You own the same rights that I have to the word of God. But you got to walk in it. You got to get a vision for it, right? You got to let the Lord reveal that truth to you. And then you got to take ownership to the word of God. That means we've got to be getting God's word in our heart. I heard a, um, remember the story of a, a couple that had just enough money to buy the ticket to go on a cruise. Have you guys heard this story? They had just enough money to get on the boat. They were so excited. They saved and saved and saved. And they got on the boat. They all went with friends. And so they all kind of went and did their own thing. And at the end of the boat, they were all getting off. And all the couples were talking about the good time they had together. And then this one couple who could only afford to get on the boat walked off the boat. And they're like, well, where have you guys been? We've been here and did that and did this. We didn't see you guys anywhere. And they're like, oh, well, we just had enough money to get on the boat. And they said, well, didn't you know everything was included? And we live like that. We live with just enough. Well, I got a little bit. No, everything's included. 
joy unspeakable and full of glory, freedom, deliverance, whatever you need. It's all included. It's been paid in full, but you got to take it like you own it, and you got to walk in authority like you have the ownership of that thing. Amen. The last thing I'm going to close with this morning is in 2 Kings. And in 2 Kings, it's a story. And again, I forgot to mark my Bible. But I'm getting better at turning the pages quicker. Okay, 2 Kings chapter 6 it was talking about the king of Syria. And the king of Syria was trying to take over the Israelites. And long story short, but they tried to entrap the Israelites and they did. They found out where they were hiding. The spy gave them away. And all of a sudden, Elisha and his servant boy were the only ones standing in the valley. Have you ever been standing in the valley and you're believing God and all of a sudden the enemy is all around you? You're being faithful, you're giving to God, you're trusting him, and you look up and there's army of the enemies against you. And you feel overwhelmed. And you feel like there's no way out. And that's where Elisha found himself with this servant. So in verse 15 it says this, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? They woke up and the enemy was greater than them. It was just the two of them, and it looked impossible. The thing that you're believing God for probably looks impossible, and it looks bigger than you. But when you are trusting God, and you know that God is on your side, there's nothing impossible with you. But you have to see what God sees. You have to see into the spirit of things and not into the natural. And so here's this servant boy, verse 16. So Elisha answered and said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. Now, can you imagine what this servant boy thought? He's probably like, um, Elisha, we're the only two here. But see, Elisha could see what God put in his life. Elisha could see the thousands of angels that were surrounding him with chariots of fire. But the servant boy couldn't. He could only see what he saw in the natural. And I love this about Elisha. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. So you've got to see that God is with you and not against you. You've got to see that God is fighting on your behalf. And you've got angels coming and going in your situation. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God was on their side. But even though the natural didn't look like it, in the supernatural, it is there. You have what you need. You have the power of God on your side. And we've got to remember that we serve a supernatural God, don't we? We serve a, we serve a God of the creator of the universe that with just a little twitch of his hand, he can make it night and day. Amen. We serve a powerful God. And so what happened in this story as I was studying it is so powerful is that Elijah prayed, Elisha prayed, um, prayer did not ask God to simply show the servant another miracle. He asked for his servant to see into another dimension. And that's how we're going to have to look as believers. I don't want to just see the miracle, God. I want to see into that dimension where you dwell. I want to see the miracle of your word. I want to see the power of the spirit. You have to see what God sees. And when you know that the, God, the Lord is on your side, you have no fear. Right? Because God is with you. God is for you. He's not against you. 
He's working on your behalf. Amen. And we've got to discern things by the Holy Spirit. So what do we have to do? Let me close up quickly. One, get a vision. Get our notebooks out and begin to write what you want to see from God. Amen. Ask for the revelation. Take ownership of the word of God and begin to see in the supernatural. Guess what? When you do that, miracles will just start. Can't stop them when you're in faith. You'll begin to see things happen so suddenly because of the power of faith connecting to God's word. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, I thank you today for this church of faith, Lord God. I thank you that these men and women of God are believing you for incredible things, God. And we know that according to your word, nothing is impossible with you. And I just want to stand with you today that any area that feels impossible to you, any area that feels overwhelming, we're just going to break that off of you right now. So, Father God, we just take authority over every power of the enemy. We break his lies and his oppression in the name of Jesus. We break, Father God, these strongholds, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray the blood of Jesus over my church family right now, God. Hem them in on every side. And I pray, God, that you give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say, God. We are not going to listen to the things of the world, but we are going to listen to you, Jesus, the one that has authored our faith and the one that has finished it, God. And we decree that this year will be a turnaround year for us, God, that we will see the things that you see over our life. And we will not settle with being comfortable. We're not going to settle with apathy, God. We're not going to settle with being lazadaisical. But, God, we're going to embrace faith. And we're going to put it into action in this season. And I thank you for it. And if you're here this morning and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity. I'd love everyone to say this prayer with me this morning. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you, forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Reveal your word and give me ears to hear. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord some praise. I love you all so much. Happy Father's Day. Please stick around, enjoy some food, take some pictures. And I uh, love you and I can't wait to see you next Sunday. I'm going to give it over to Pastor Matt.